Recently, I was on with investigative journalist Sarah Carter on the Sarah Carter podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoy. It was a fun time for me. First of all, thank you so much, Congressman, for joining uh, me here today on the Sarah Carter Show, just because I know you have been extraordinarily busy right before you got on. We were just talking about it. I mean, you've been working so much. You haven't even been home for several weeks, right? Well, I, I, I've been gone a couple of weeks. Hope to be home in about a week from now. So I oh, like wow. from home, uh, but sometimes you got to do it. It's part of the job. That's absolutely true. And part of that job is this um, new spending bill, right? And the possibility is looming that there will be a government closure. Can you tell us where we're at on that and, yeah, and what's a, happening? There's a series of things happening here in the swamp that uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that are all kind of cascading all at one time. So on Thursday of this week, September 30th, the government runs out of money. That's number one. Number two, We've already hit our debt limit, so the debt limit has to be increased by the Congress if we're going to keep borrowing and spending money. Of course, the Republicans have said, no way, until you stop all the madness, are we going to do this? Even the Senate, House and Senate Republicans both have that position. Uh, so that's number two. Number three, you have the huge infrastructure package that they want to get done, which they claim they're going to either at – at first they were supposed to start it on Monday today. Right. Mm -hmm. or they were going to uh, and, and pass it, but now it looks like it's going to probably linger through the week. Uh, and then and on this top is trillions, trillions of dollars. This is well, that, not... That's $1.2 trillion, and people argue over that number. But right. the final one is what I call the socialist blowout program, and that is this, they say $3.5 trillion. They say it's paid for. We actually calculate it to be closer to $5 trillion. And it's not just a spending package. That's what I keep telling people. Like, it's not just the money. The money's bad enough that they're going to borrow, but they're going to raise taxes across the board on everyone. And they're going to play favorites to states, to blue states, for example, will be one of their goals where they give better tax breaks to blue states. Uh, also, it'll be attacking American made energy unless you produce electric cars. So it's, it's a major socialist advancement. And, you know, we've seen this movie before. Right. And back in 2009, Obama, and this is the one thing I want to make sure that we that, that people understand. Obama said, oh, my God, the economy's cratering. It's all Republicans and Bush's fault. I need $800 billion. People <laughs> may remember that $800 billion because it led to the cash for clunkers and all types of corruption. Most importantly, that money was used to buy votes in the Congress that led to the passage of Obamacare. And exactly. The key thing for people to remember, this is the same play call made by the same people. Remember, they already passed $1.9 trillion, and they said, oh, it's COVID. We have to have it. Well, no, it wasn't COVID. It's actually money that is sitting there for Biden to use over the next three and a half years. And I promise you, right now what's going on, because they don't have the votes for anything here. They don't have the votes in the House because they can only lose four, and they can lose zero in the Senate. So they are using that $1.9 trillion that they lied to the American mm -hmm. people about, supposedly be about COVID, to grease the skids to pass and merge all this garbage into, into one. Somehow they're going to have to try to get it all done this week. Now, I don't think they'll be successful in all of it, but I do think uh, a lot of it they will get done. They may have to wait on the Senate because the Senate has said already they're not going to go for what in the House they call $3.5 trillion. Uh, right. Manchin and others have said they'll only do one and a half trillion. So I know that's a lot of moving parts there, but you ask me what's going on. That's what's going on right now. You don't think they can get Manchin to move. Um, they're going to need well, at least 10 Republicans, if I'm right, right, to break that vote. 
to pass this spending legislation, or am I wrong there? Yeah, two two different issues there. So they need because they they passed a procedural move on the budget. They only need fifty in the Senate with Kamala Harris breaking the tie. Now that was using an archaic process that's supposed to be for budget reduction. And if you may remember, we used that back in 2017 and 18 mm-hmm. to pass the the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And what we said at the time is, look, it's going to increase revenue to the government. Even though we were going to cut tax or taxes, lower taxes across the board, it was going to raise money for the government. And indeed, it did. Uh, we were bringing in more money until COVID hit than we've ever brought in in the history of this of this country. More tax revenue. These guys are actually going to do the opposite. They're going to raise taxes, claim it's going to raise the revenue, but we all know it's 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 never going to work because what they're doing is they're encouraging uh, industries that, quite frankly, don't work. That actually like the green energy nonsense. They rely right. on on China to produce a lot of those products, and at the same time, we're going to be in the same place we were when you raise the the corporate tax rate up. What that does is it makes other countries more competitive. So we would actually have a higher corporate tax rate than China. So you can see that the U.S. corporations will be looking, especially those that do international business, will once again be looking to relocate outside the United States. So it's absolute uh, uh, madness, but this is what we're dealing with right now. Well, this is the economy like on this is like the border on steroids right now. That's what they're going to do to our economy. They're basically undercutting the American worker, undercutting all of Trump's policies as far as putting America first. And uh, turning it over to enemy states like China and Russia, uh, and and then telling uh, telling our workers, oh yeah, we'll give you some benefits if you do things like you know windmill energy or what we saw with Solyndra in the past under Obama, right, where it completely failed and imploded on itself. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about something else that's just as for me, just as important, if if not more important, because of the upcoming elections, and that would be. Looking at Twitter, looking at Facebook, uh, our freedom of speech issues, the fact that we've seen these social media companies, and you've been probably one of the biggest fighters against what I consider is serious overreach or some sort of weird fascism that's occurred uh, when they've become bedfellows with the Democrats. What's going on now? I know you've got some breaking news on your lawsuit. And uh, what do you see as far as 2022 midterms and 2024 if we can't change the trajectory of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all of these social media uh, giants, uh, tech giants, so powerful. Well, it's, funny, it's funny you would mention it that way because when I've been out, I've been out on the road, I've been uh, out on the road helping to recruit candidates, uh, helping to speak to conservatives around the country, uh, helping to raise money uh, for for the party and for our candidates, and then coming back and forth to Washington. That's why I've been. That's why I've been gone. And you bring up a very good point because although things look really good for us, we have great candidates, mm-hmm. we're getting candidates at a record speed, and we are also actually raising more money. So unlike 2010, when we didn't control the White House, we didn't control the Senate, we didn't control the House, we're actually right now out raising uh, the Democrats. Now, of course, they've got dark money and billionaires and all that sort of thing. But what I warn people about is that we've seen a sea change. So it's not just that there's fake news that 95% of the media is controlled by the left and they produce left-wing narratives for the betterment of the Democratic Socialist Party in this country. But on top of that now, since 16, since the 16 election, you've seen big tech 
come in and not only spend huge amounts of dark money, but they've been censoring. And that's the point that you're making. And that's my concern that I've laid out for all of my colleagues that, you know, we can't get cocky and, and be assured that uh, that we're going to have a different outcome uh, than the 2020 election, because if we can't meet those you know, those voters that are in the middle, those independent voters who don't really know, they know something's going on at the border, but they don't know a lot about it. They kind of just want to go about their life. They want to go to their kids' soccer games. They want to watch football on the weekends, and they don't like politics. Those are, that's the electorate that makes up, at the end of the day, they decide the elections. Well, what Facebook, Google, YouTube, uh, Twitter, what they're all doing is they decide what gets promoted and what doesn't and what actually gets censored. The best example of that is the Hunter Biden laptop from hell that disappeared. You know, the the story came out, New York Post, but nobody could find it on social media. And if you posted it somewhere there, it got taken down immediately. So uh, this is a a neo-Marxist party uh, led by, that's that's being funded by a bunch of oligarchs, these tech oligarchs, they're tech tyrants. Uh, and they have the ability, and I mean, they brag about it. They have the ability to sway voters. And so if we don't have a place to discuss our ideas openly and freely, uh, number one, we're going to have a disjointed uh, conservative uh, and moderate movement, independent movement, uh, that's going to be disjointed without having all the facts. And number two, we're not going to be able to reach those those independent voters that decide the election. So uh, this is a tremendous problem. It's why I've encouraged everybody to go to Rumble. Uh, because it's a, a video platform, it's critical, it's working, it's growing. Uh, then, of course, Parler, uh, which got nuked after January 6th, even though if they were mm-hmm. actually telling the truth, they should have taken Facebook and all those off the off the Internet because Parler had nothing to do uh, with what happened with the riots that happened at the Capitol on January 6th. But they destroyed that platform, even though nearly 20 million of us were on it. So it's going to be critical for us to have, and Parler is a platform Uh, that's kind of a combination of Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. And we're going to have to have a social media delivery mechanism. So I'm glad that Parler's back up. I see you posting on there, Sarah. I'm posting on there. Um, But they had to build back from scratch because Bezos and Amazon decided to shut off their servers after January 6th riot. So they they, they destroyed that company. So anyway, I just – Every time I get the chance, thanks for asking, I want to make sure that people understand how critical it is for us to get back on and exclusively use these platforms that are not going to censor us. I absolutely agree with you, and it's so tough. It's so tough, Congressman, because so many people are like, yeah, I want to use them, but I don't feel like I'm getting the word out. I don't feel like uh, they're as user-friendly, and I'm saying, look, we have to start somewhere. Right. We have to start somewhere because... You can't be under the control of Twitter, Facebook, and all these social media giants. And you brought up, you know, this neo-Marxist movement. That's what really worries me. What really worries me is that in Congress, and I know, you know, you have been battling this. Senator Blackburn has been after him. I, you know, Tom Cotton and, and so many others on the Senate side. And, and then on the congressional side, it's Jim Jordan, you, everybody else is talking about this and Andy Biggs. But these these companies kind of run with impunity. They don't really have anyone holding them accountable. Speaking of which, that's how um, Durham just finally prosecuted someone, and we all know is Sussman, the attorney for Hillary Clinton. They were all, and still I think a good majority of them, uh, have been operating with impunity as well. I mean, they lose their jobs, but they're making 
millions of dollars as contributors on CNBC or NBC or MSNBC or CNN. In some cases, they actually get hired by these big tech companies. That's it. Lisa Page, right? Lisa Page. All of the FBI officials uh, and DOJ officials seem to have that were involved in the Russia hoax, Russia Gate, seem to somehow land on their feet and actually get better jobs and make more money. So, look, I'm glad that, that Durham has done what he's done. My, my biggest concern now, and I said this yesterday on Maria Bartiromo's Fox uh, News show, Sunday Morning Futures yesterday, I said this very clearly, that, that the number one thing people need to be talking about out there, if you care about getting to the bottom of the Russia hoax and holding people accountable, is to make sure, if you have a Republican senator or Republican House member, that you're weighing in to make sure that this investigation doesn't get shut down. Because... We know by what the attorney general, uh, the goofy arguments that he's been making in court, whether it's on eviction moratorium notices or on the border issues, uh, this is a political hack. He's very, very dangerous, and I'm sure he's doing everything he can to shut down the Durham investigation. So we got to make sure, even though we don't control anything here, we have to make sure that, that, that Republican officials around this country are all weighing in to make sure Durham doesn't get shut down or else he's never going to get to finish his investigation. Do you feel beyond the core group that was focused, like with you, with everybody on the congressional side and those on the Senate side, even like Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham, who were focused on what was happening with the Russia scandal, which I think is probably one of the biggest modern political scandals in our nation's history. I think that when people look back 100 years, 50 years from now, they're going to discover so many more things that never even went public, right? And they're going to say, boy, the nation was on the verge, if it's not on the verge right now. Yeah, and, and look, Sarah, what you uh, you and John Solomon were on the forefront of this because what they do, and it's, and it's basically laid out in the Durham indictment of Sussman, is it's a really a textbook example of how they build a fake news narrative. They, they create a controversy that's fake and phony. They have a bunch of news stories sprinkled around that they created by fake news reporters. And then they were feeding them, in, in this case, uh, into our own government so that it, all of a sudden it makes it look real. Oh, my God, Trump must have something to do with Russia. And they got so far out of, out of whack that they actually opened an investigation during a presidential campaign on completely made up phony nonsense. And that's Which really is what, what the we would go to jail for. We would right. go to jail for that. We so, would, so, you and I would, but they don't. They're well, making millions of dollars. Right, I think that's all, why the American people are so angry. It, exactly, and that's why I said for you know those of you who care that are out there watching or listening to this right now, call your congressman, Republican, because Democrats aren't going to listen. And if you have a Republican senator, Republican congressman, call them and say, you know, make sure that that this Durham investigation does not get shut down, or else. And look, there's there's huge, there's much larger ramifications here for the Department right. of Justice and the FBI. If Durham doesn't get to conclude and doesn't hold these guys accountable and bring them to justice, you're going to have generations, not just not just one generation. You're going to have, and that's to your point, as history goes forward, you're going to see the the, the credibility if it, as if it can't sink any farther. Right. It will sink farther if this investigation is shut, shut down in terms of what the American people think and how much they trust the Department of Justice and and the FBI and other government agencies for that matter. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Before I let you go, I want to get to the border really quick. You're the ranking member on the House Intelligence Committee. Um, You know, I thought you did an incredible job as the chairman of that committee. I look at the border. I've been here in Del Rio for the past week. I've been on the border for the past six months. 
-hmm. What, in your assessment, is the biggest national security threats we are facing? And how do you assess what is happening here on the border? Because fundamentally, I'm seeing an administration that is changing our country in so many fundamental ways that it's damaging it. And I feel irreparably. You know, I just feel that there's something going on here that we are not seeing. And I, I don't know if you have an assessment you remember, of what's happening. You, know, you and I were down at the border uh, right. just a few months ago at the McCallum border crossing. And, you know, it's clear now uh, that, you know, they tried to do another fake news narrative on this Haitian issue. And they showed they released some video of some planes taking off, supposedly taking them, uh, you know, back to back to Haiti, I guess. And then what what ultimately comes out is, uh, no, in fact, you know, almost all of them are now out in the United States somewhere. Right. Nobody knows where the hell they're at. And it's totally unacceptable. So, you know, you're talking about there's pro my estimations are we're going to let three million people into this country this year. And it's completely out of control. Oh. And at the same time, you know, they stopped building the border wall. And it's it's totally ridiculous that we're having to deal with this. And the only thing that it really leads one to believe is that this, you know, because they just lie about it all the time, they lie what's happening, you know, because Trump basically right. added, for the most part, the immigration, the illegal immigration was was narrowed down to people that were trying to get in this country to do really bad things, drug cartels, drugs, that sort of thing. But people knew they weren't under Trump. You weren't just going to be able to bring some kids, claim asylum right. uh, and get in because it was the remain in Mexico policy. So they're, they're basically, this is like the Baghdad Bob administration. This is like Baghdad Bob is in every nook and cranny of the Biden administration. And they just lie and they say things that aren't true. So because of that, the only thing that you can surmise from it is that they're trying to change the electorate in this country. They're just trying to let everybody in because they know five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years from now, they're going to be they're going to fit into their category of their their cult like madness about white supremacy. Uh, you know, hey, you know, you're this color, you're that, you're you're this letter. Uh, you're clearly a socialist Democrat like us. So make sure you and your kids vote with us. So that's what they're trying to do here. There's no other explanation for it as to you know as to, because it's so dangerous, right? I mean, they get out there and tell us you all got to be vaccinated. You know, like today, Biden's exactly. booster shot, right? And even though they lied about that a few weeks ago, and they're telling everybody, you know, if you don't get a vaccine, you're not going to be able to get a job in this country. And then they're telling you, you know, wear a mask when, you know, we catch them time and time and time again when they don't want to wear a mask. They don't wear a mask. Right. When Pelosi wants to get her hair cut, she doesn't have to wear a mask when when other people. Vice President Kamala haircut. Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris. Same thing. Kamala Harris, the Obama birthday super spreader event. Uh, you got the freak show comedian Steve Colbert dancing with uh, Senate leader Chuck Schumer. Uh, I've seen Pelosi numerous times here in the Capitol not wearing a mask. You know, when at the same time, this is all theater. It's all for show. And so you're you're ruining the respect that people, American people have in this country for even the most basic things that you think would not be politicized. And that is for health care in this country and people who in government work in health care. Now people are losing complete trust in the entire package because you're letting all these people cross the border. All, and they admitted everybody just, that right. just got through the, over the weekend or over the last week, these Haitians, they weren't vaccinated and they weren't mm -hmm. tested for COVID. It's That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Even why I was sitting here speaking with you, and I know I'm going to let you go, I was getting pinged by Border Patrol agents left and right wondering what's happening now, what is breaking right now as I'm talking to you, Congressman, you know, about what's going on. I guess 
you know, it's so gut-wrenching, and so many American people have come up to me. I know they must do it to you, too. You're very recognizable, and they say, what can we do, Sarah? How do we change this? How can we – they feel powerless. Yeah. What can you say every, to the American every day, people? Every day it happens to me, especially when I'm on the road. People come right. up to me, and, and you know, they, they raise many of these issues, uh, but specifically these issues of the mandatory vaccines. Right. And, you know, what's – and this is really troubling because they're they're really this is not following the science. This is following their own political science. Right. So, you know, we know, for example, if you've had covid, especially if you had a very serious case of covid, there's no evidence that there's any breakthroughs that, that I've seen. I'm sure there's there's one or two here or there. But for the most part, if you had covid, people aren't getting it again. Yet people who have had the vaccine are clearly getting it. And the other thing that I tell, tell everybody about, because the Chinese are responsible for this virus. You have to take it seriously because, mm -hmm. you know, people are dying. Right. And the key is, is you've got to get to your doctor immediately and make sure that you insist on mm -hmm. getting immediate therapeutic treatment, you know, as soon as possible. I can't stress it enough. Uh, it drives me crazy because so many doctors that I work with that I know that have been advising me through this. Because in another role that I have, Sarah, I'm the ranking member, uh, top Republican on the Intelligence Committee, but I'm also the top Republican on the Health Care Committee. True. It's driving me absolutely crazy that I have to hear from doctors who are saying, look, there's basic things out there that you can take. And, Sarah, you, I'm sure uh, you're in the same boat because you've done a lot of travel overseas like me into very, uh, you know, to spots that, you know, don't right. have health care. And what do they what do they give you when you go on those trips? When, when, when I go on those trips, they tell they give me a couple different types of steroids, a couple, couple different types of antibiotics. Exactly. Right. Uh, and so doctors say, look. And then what they tell me when I get sick on the road, they say, look, don't worry about getting to a doctor first. Make sure you treat whatever if you you know assess it yourself, treat it quickly uh, and then get to a doctor because early detection and treatment is the key. But for some reason, that's com that's completely been lost now. Like nobody's saying that. And it's it's absolute. Well, I was going to use a cuss word, but I know you have a <laughs> nice you have family friendly show. No, it's it's okay. You can I, I sometimes cuss on my family friendly show and I, I have to apologize at the beginning of the monologue because I'm getting so irate. But you're absolutely right. When it comes to medical treatment, we almost lost a really good friend of ours out here in Texas with COVID. They didn't get that early treatment right on. And right. because they had underlying conditions, they ended up in the hospital. I don't even know how they survived the whole vent situation. You know, they were intubated. Um, but thank God they did. But you're absolutely right. Well, if you get that treatment early, if you get it early on, a lot of people's lives have been saved because of that decision. Yeah. And, and, you know, when I when I uh, came down with COVID and because I had been working with doctors, uh, they had been telling me constantly, look, this minute you think you, know, you get a, a fever spike or something's not quite right and you feel like you have the flu. Right. Make sure you get these basic treatments. It wasn't even that, you know, the Drano and all the fake news narratives that they say or what are <laughs> they or the, the cattle dewormer, you know, all that. It's not even that, Sarah, just the basic stuff that as a congressman and you as a journalist, I know when you have these to-go packs that they pack up and a lot of uh, uh, members in our military and intelligence, right. when you travel overseas, this is what you do. So why not have these basic medications that would do so much good that doctors are saying do good? Instead, you got Biden looking like a fool today, you know, getting his booster vaccine that the FDA, you know, is really questioning at, at best. I know they did approve it for supposedly 65 and over, but, but none of this is making you know, any sense at all. And in the meantime, as we speak, people continue to contract this Delta variant. 
they're getting very, very sick, and they're not getting treated. And by the time you know you get into this day three, four, five, six, seven, that's when it hits rock bottom. You have pneumonia, you have pneumonia, and you're in the hospital. That's it. I've I've lost you know a lot of people that I know um, who didn't get treated early. So uh, it's just so wrong. It is a tragedy because I feel like this is the decade of disinformation or what we have seen over the last five to six years is a constant disinformation campaign that we are all fighting against. And it's it's so bizarre and it's so different, but it almost feels like, you know, it's warfare. I call it information warfare and it's information warfare on every level. And I don't know if you watch this, if you post on YouTube or not, because I don't I don't click on YouTube. Yeah, me neither. Just what but we're I... talking about right here, if, if this was to go onto YouTube or, or Facebook or Instagram, I know what they'll do. They will put it in there like these, either they'll take it down right. or they'll put in like this bogus, you know, COVID-19 warning. You know, to get the facts, go to CDC. Right. It doesn't matter what we say. We could say, you know, the, the doctors are amazing. They've healed. It's just because we're saying it, they're going right. to put a COVID notice on it. They won't even listen to us. They'll just put a COVID notice on it. It's a disinformation warfare from the beginning to end. And I'm telling you, without people like you, Congressman, um, representing us and fighting for justice, we would literally be on the verge of losing this nation, I believe. Well, well, as I said, I know you're going you're gonna to wrap this up. And I started to say this uh, earlier, but I wanted to make sure you, your audience understands this, that back in those, those dark days of 16 and early 17, uh, if you didn't go for the Russia hoax completely and agree to write fake news stories, and if you just at all just you know, even asked any questions, uh, you were basically relegated to as being a crazy person. Uh, and you, John Solomon, really right. were the first reporters to actually step up and say, no, we're going to call BS on this. We're going to challenge it. And I think at the beginning there, you know, I was probably running 250, maybe 500 stories to one. Right. Right. You it, were. You, know, you were. It would just be, you know, that Nunes must be a you know secret Russian agent. And then boom, 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 boom. There'd be hundreds of those stories. And then, you know, you and John would write a story like, uh, no, there's actually no evidence of this, of, of any of this Russia hoax stuff. And so, um, look, that's why you have a great fan base. And that's why, uh, uh, you know, anytime you want me on your podcast, I'll be glad to come on. I'll oh, I, I think and I thank you for coming on this podcast. It's very rudimentary. I just moved into my home. I moved to the great state of Texas. Um, I know you're I know you're fighting the fight in California. And uh, that's where you should be. I have a lot of family there. I I grew up there when I was very young. It's a beautiful state. It's an important state. It's filled with so many wonderful people. Um, I'm always with Steve Hilton all the time. I'm mm-hmm. back in Steve on the fight too. I know he has a great podcast focused on California. And you know, I, I just tell you, there is nothing more heartbreaking than watching what's happening in California, watching what's happening across our country, and just knowing that really for everyone out there that's listening to this, Listen to what Congressman Nunes is saying. Listen to what he's saying when he tells you you need to speak up. We have important elections coming up. We need to go to Rumble. Go not to YouTube. Go to Rumble. Go to Parler. Start using these alternative means so that we can communicate with one another. Thank you so much, Congressman, for being on the show. I know I took up a lot of your time, but I'm so grateful. Yeah, you too. And good luck with that spending bill. I'm going to keep watch on that. It's going to be an interesting week.